Visa, American Express, and MasterCard recently announced plans to lessen the chargeback burden that has fallen back onto non-EMV-compliant merchants since the October fraud liability shift. Visa was the first car brand to announce plans to reduce, and in some cases block, chargebacks to merchants. And here, Mark Nelson, Senior Vice President of Risk and Authentication Products for Visa, explains why Visa made the decision. Hi, I'm Tracy Kenton with Information Security Media Group. So, Mark, Visa announced on June 16th that it would limit the number and transaction amounts of counterfeit card fraud chargebacks issuers are allowed to send back to non-EMV compliant merchants. Shortly after Visa's announcement, American Express and MasterCard made similar announcements. What was the reasoning behind Visa's announcement? Thanks, Tracy, for inviting me here today. One of the reasons that we looked at making these rule changes is because when we look at the EMV migration, although we're very pleased with the progress to date, we recognize there are merchants that are struggling. And in particular, there's merchants that, that we call the, the middle, middle market merchants, whereby they have more complex point-of-sale software that requires often third-party software developers to make changes. It goes through a longer certification process, and some of them are struggling to get their solutions through the process to get them deployed into the merchants. So once again, we're, we're happy with the progress we have to date. We have 1.2 million merchants who are capable of deploying and, and activating the chip terminals. And we're getting about 23,000 merchants per week that are coming online. So we're getting good progress, but once again, there, there have been some delays in that mid-market segment. So we thought that we could temporarily introduce some blocks of the chargebacks so that those merchants have a bit more time to get their solutions deployed. So Mark, can you walk us through some of the announcements stipulations, such as the fact that Visa plans to prevent issuers from charging merchants for counterfeit card transactions that total $25 and less, as well as Visa's cap on 10 chargebacks per card account? Yes, yeah, so we're going to implement in the end of July, July 22nd will be when an issuer tries to submit a counterfeit fraud chargeback. If it's less than $25, Visa will block that chargeback from being created, right? So the merchant and the acquirer, they will not receive that chargeback. So that will happen in July 22nd. And then in October, mid-October, we're going to put a second change in whereby the issuer can only charge back a maximum of 10 counterfeit chargeback transactions for an account. And so if the 11th chargeback comes in, Visa would recognize that and we would stop that chargeback from being initiated. So those are the two system changes that we are putting into place. And with those changes in place, that will represent around 40% of the chargeback from a transaction count that today the merchants are seeing. Mark, is Visa's announcement in any way an admission that something is broken in the system and that the chargebacks to merchants have in some way been unfair? I don't think it's an omission. Uh, like I said, we're very excited about the progress we have made today. We have 300 million cards in market already. It makes us the largest chip market in the world, and it's happened in a very short period of time. Uh, we're having good progress on getting new merchants deployed. We just look at this market, and it's a very complex marketplace. There's lots of different integrators and gateways and service providers that are in this space. And so we recognize it's complex, and we see that there there are some bottlenecks, there are some pain points, so we're just proactively trying to address some of these bottlenecks, but in the meantime, until we can address all of them, we felt there is a way that we could reduce some of the pain points um, for, for a period of time. 
Mark, merchants have argued that the chargebacks they're getting could not possibly all be linked to counterfeit card fraud. Instead, they argue that issuers are just lumping all fraud and transaction error charges to the chargeback pool and therefore are unfairly charging those transactions back to merchants. Is Visa reviewing issuers' processes for determining how fraudulent transactions are categorized? We do. We look at both the current fraud rates that we're seeing and how issuers are, are using different the recent codes for chargebacks and fraud types. And we look at the scenarios today versus a year ago and, and prior years, and we don't see any noticeable change in the issuer's behavior. And so issuers definitely have skin in the game, right? They have cardholders that they're trying to protect as well. I think what is challenging for a merchant is that They've never seen fraud at the point of sale before because they've never had the liability. And so anytime they see a fraud that occurs on an account, and maybe there's multiple transactions that are fraudulent, they may wonder why didn't the issuer catch this? How could they let you know, 10, 25 transactions go through on, the, on an account? And the answer is you know, issuers are not perfect in identifying fraud. Right? It's hard to capture fraud, and they do a really good job, um, but some fraud goes through. There's more visibility now on fraud that merchants are now seeing, and they're wondering, you know, are they changing their practices because of this liability shift? And from everything that we've seen, the answer is no. Mark, are merchant acquirers offering merchants any kind of similar relief that you know of? I am not familiar with different programs that the acquirers may be offering their merchants and relief. Um, it's definitely something I have heard about, but I don't have enough details to provide more substantial evidence on. So merchant groups, while pleased with visas and others' announcements to lessen the chargeback burden, they also say it would have been nice for the card brands to have come up with some way to compensate or assist merchants that have been paying exorbitant fees since October. Mark, might there be plans for such compensation to take place in the future? At this point, um, no. What we're really focused on is just how do we address the pain points we have in the marketplace, which is, and there's really two things that we've heard about. When How do we make chip go faster? And so we've had some solutions and, and some announcements on how do we make um, the chip processing faster through our quick chip announcement. And then how do we just get their solutions certified? So we've really been focused on how do we get more of these terminals deployed and as quickly as we can. So let's expand there a bit, Mark, and talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that will help merchants deploy EMV faster. Visa also has announced plans to help merchants speed EMV adoption, which ultimately should reduce and in most cases eliminate the chargebacks by empowering acquirers to certify merchants for EMV as well as some other measures. What's new here? What's new is we're really focused on streamlining and simplifying the testing process as well as the terminals that are being deployed in the marketplace. And so testing and getting a, a solution deployed requires a number of different processes. Today, it has to go through all the different network tests. So in other words, when you bring a Visa card to a terminal, we want to make sure that the card is going to work. right? And so Visa has its own set of tests, and so do all of the other networks. And on top of those tests, the acquirer processor also has a set of tests that they run through. So there are a lot of tests that are required to occur before that solution can be considered certified and then activated. And so what we've been doing is how do we streamline and simplify the number of tests that occur? And we've been focused on simplifying the terminal itself. So getting rid of unnecessary functionality that is not needed in the US because of the processing environment that we have. And so so the nice thing is that we made our announcements on streamlining our, our testing process 
um, and the other networks have made similar announcements. So we're very optimistic that by all brands agreeing to kind of streamline the testing process, streamline the certification process, we can get these terminals and these solutions much more quickly through that end-to-end -end certification process. And then finally, Mark, my last question for you. Is Visa reevaluating its stance on chip and signature versus chip and pin as a result of these exorbitant chargebacks that merchants in the U.S. have had to absorb? Merchants argue that in a pin environment, for instance, chargebacks wouldn't exist anyway. So for Visa, um, merchants are never liable for any loss and stolen fraud. They're only liable for counterfeit. So from a merchant perspective for Visa cards, if they simply deploy a chip terminal, there's zero liability at the point of sale. And so we're we're not reevaluating our signature or PIN position because from a merchant point of view, all they have to do is that one integration with AMV chip and they're absolved for any liability. Well, Mark, as always, I'd like to thank you again for your time. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. Again, we've just heard from Mark Nelson of Visa. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.